0: you're listening to audio from the village church a community that's formed by the gospel and sent on god's mission gathering weekly in the heart of downtown hamilton ohio for more information about the village or to connect with us you can find us online at myvillagechurch.com
1: good morning the focal passage today is in colossians 3 18 through chapter 4 1. it's going to be on the screens as you can see Um, But if you want a Bible, you can head to the Connections desk, and they will be happy to grab one for you. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye-service as people-pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bond-servants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. This is the word of the Lord.
0: You all can be seated, and any children here can be dismissed to their classes. Good morning. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. Anybody mad yet? (laughs) Cool. Uh, Let's pray. God, thanks thanks for your grace and all the ways that you provide for us. Thanks that you show us the way, and you don't just tell us what to do. But, but you descended down into the muck and you did that that you might lead us out of the muck. You show us the way to new life. You show us how to live and engage in this world that we are in right now. Holy Spirit, would you challenge and convict? Would you tear down and would you build up by your grace and by the work of Christ, we love you and we need you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Super Mario Brothers, circa 1985, 6, 7, 8, 90 maybe, I don't know, uh, on Nintendo Entertainment System. It was iconic and epic and and I wasn't like the best, not not the best on my street, not the best... On my block but I was like decent I knew some of the ins and outs and 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 I knew that you know just before that second jump on the first level if you jumped into thin air you would get a, a one-up mushroom you know there would be an, another life added to your reserve there and, and I knew some of the things but I've seen videos of people uh, and I don't swim in this world a lot but I've seen videos of some hardcore cats and, and heard even the creators talk about the game and I, I've heard about cheats that are hidden and, and items for years. And even just recently, I heard about another, like, thing that if you had the right button combination in a certain way, uh, it, would, it would give you something in the game. That had I known that when I was eight years old, my life would have been transformed completely. TikTok. I mean, that's just good. That's just good stuff. As, as good as some you know kid who uh, invested his childhood reading Nintendo Power magazines and, and playing endless levels of a game with a limited number of levels uh, might be he, he doesn 't know what the coder knows i 've seen videos on on the the guy the two guys that kind of Establish that stuff and and the reality is that 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 guy knows every pixel of every mushroom of every fireball of every turtle Where the princess is where she was how to defeat all the bosses how to defeat Bowser and all the things right? And the same is true for the author the creator and the sustainer of of real life He knows best and many think that we know best about life and, and all the things, but, but none knows best like the God of the universe. And the reality is, there's a ton to say that I won't get into today, but, but culture swings hard from left to right. And it does that generation by generation. And, and uh, one said it, it goes like, 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 a, like a drunk on a horse, that's the way that, that culture swings. And he goes from one side and then he goes to the other. And we see that. And, and maybe one generation gets to live in one way and, and the culture is swinging wide left and then it goes back another way. And, and, and this happens on repeat over and over and over. Last week we looked at, at the contrast of the old way, the old nature, the old man. And, and we contrasted that with the new way. And, and Paul, as he's writing to this church, Uh, The the Colossians, we saw how those raised with Christ, they live locked in to things that that are above, and and they're no longer using their bodies for, for the ways of the world, and they're no longer angry and unforgiving and impatient, but they are being transformed to be kind and forgiving and patient and loving as Christ is, so are we. Here, Paul continues kind of pulling that thread And he's showing what the new way looks like in the institutions that have existed, gosh, since shortly after creation. And what we know and what we see is that God establishes and he organizes societies. And when those societies conform to his ways, they are set up to function in the best way. But we also know that they don't. We know that this world is not our home. We know that, that since the fall, sin has came and it's disrupted and it's, it, it causes glitches and things to be as they ought not be. But that doesn't change the fact that for, for us who are in Christ, we get to live according to his will, his way. And this is especially true, and this is kind of the scope today, with regard to authority, and submission, and influence, and power, and all the complicated dynamics, and all of those things. And what I want us to see is that, that Paul isn't like pinning new realities. He's not saying establish things that don't already exist, but, but he's showing the way to live an existing reality of relationship, in a particular culture, in a particular time, and that's also true for us. So kind of the, the crux of the best way to contribute to society as we try to live in light of Christ, our mind fixed on him, in the way of him, is we get to handle authority both over and through us as servants. That's what we get to do. First to Christ, and second through any area of influence and relationship that we have. And it's been said 10,000 times, I'll say it just on the front end. Everyone likes the idea of being a servant, and none of us like the idea of being a servant when we are treated like a servant, right? And, and we know that we have the best servant, the greatest master. In, in a world that elevates self above all, the question is how do we engage society in a way that looks different, that, that sets our focus on Christ having raised us and set us apart for his glory and for our joy. And here's the big picture. A heart bent towards serving the true master humbly serves in all of life. A heart bent towards serving the true master humbly serves in all of life. And that means that all of the spheres that we interact with, just think about the relationships that you have in the morning. What does that look like for you? Are you by yourself? Are you in a house with people all over, do you interact with neighbors, where do you go, do you go to class, do you go uh, to work, do you do it stay at home and, and interact in your community, what does that look like for you, and all of those spheres, a heart bent towards serving the true master humbly serves in all of life, and, and I'm just going to answer three questions today, and they're all loaded, and we can talk about all of them for days, and we might, so we'll see, uh, the first question is this, the way of servant-minded households. Like, what is the way of servant-minded households? And I'll just tell you, the second way is, is what is, is the way of servant-minded work? And I use that term loosely. And then the last one is, is, what, is the, what is the way of service to the true master, right? So the first thing that we're, that we're interacting with is this. What is the way of servant-minded households? Well, this is how Paul says it. Wives. Submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. What's the point? The point is... It's Family matters, right? The, the show, but also, like, it's true in, in this context. Like, family matters. It, it's, it's organized with purpose. It's not just willy-nilly, like, go and do whatever you want. That's not the society that, that God is establishing. In a few weeks, we will kick off a sermon series called Redeeming Relationships. And I'm, like, a little nervous about it because it's a thematic series and it's kind of long, like 10 weeks. It'll take us all the way up to Advent. Advent. And in that, like, so, so normally week by week we preach through books of the Bible, but sometimes we get to pause and we get to say, well, what does the Bible say about a particular topic? And we get to engage, like, like cover to cover around that. And so it's a, a thematic deal. And, and in that series, we will talk about what it looks like to live uh, redeemed relationships in, in our friendships, in our singleness, in our marriage, sex enemies, neighbors, elderly. And so, so we'll look for 10 weeks at just kind of different types of people and we're gonna say, who are we in light of this and what does this look like, right? So this is kind of like skipping a stone across a little setup to what we might get to in some of that. Here we see instruction on living in light of Christ as, as the way at home. And I know that not everyone is married, and I know that not everyone has children, not everyone lives in a a Christian home, but but he's building a heartbeat. And I think that there's room for him to, to challenge every single one of us with this passage. As I said, culture swings wide to the left, wide to the right, generation by generation. And when we talk about cultural movements... And the status of things around the world, it's often spoken of in like institutional stuff that comes out like, like governments and nations and politics and policies from school boards and, and city council and, and state governments and, and federal legislature. In fact, history itself, if you just think like what do we learn about history? History itself essentially tells its story by spotlighting kings and kingdoms. That's what it does. And so we look at that, governments and civilizations that that have come and gone. But long before we had Congress and senators, there was an institution that God was using to knit the fabric of culture and society in the world, and that institution was family. It's the first institution that we see in Scripture. So we read here, wives. Wives who are committed to follow Jesus and live out His way for the benefit of you and him and all of creation, live this way towards your husband. Wives, understand and support your husband by submitting to him in ways that honor the master. Just challenge you, first of all, just like, gosh, acknowledge what's happening inside of you, and that's okay. Just acknowledge it, look at it, and see what we're looking at here. And figure out if, 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 you're, if you're playing the game or if you're writing the code. Like, look inside. Understand and support your husband by submitting to him in ways that honor the master, as is fitting to the Lord. It's like a little unclear, but it indicates in a way that, that builds harmony. Harmony. To be clear, husbands are not the Lord. And there's all kinds of analogies, right? They're, they're not Jesus, but they do carry unique responsibility and accountability to serve the family by leading. We see this, again, we don't have time for all of it, but we see this from the very beginning. And, and I, I heard, I, I read something from a, uh, from a feminist recently, and, and she was like describing the Adam and Eve uh, nature. And she was saying Eve always gets all the blame for like the fall, and that's just not true. It's not true at all, and if you know anything about that story, Adam's not there, and and God told Adam to live in such a way, and he said, don't eat from that tree, and the serpent talks to Eve, and and Eve eats of the fruit, and and Adam's like, hey, what's going on, honey? And she's like, catch, it's really good, and he's like, okay, and Adam is held responsible. Adam is held accountable for the sin of rebellion. And and if you don't believe me, like open up the Bible to Romans chapter 5, not now, or whatever. If you get bored, <laughs> open it up. And and hang out there because what you see is 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 all of it hinges on the, the responsibility that, that Adam had to fall. Understand that and help your husband carry out their God-given responsibility rather than oppose it. A few questions that you may or may not have. Is every woman accountable to support and submit to the leadership of every man? No. If your husband leads you to forsake Jesus in heart or in way, do you follow him? No. Does this mean that your husband dictates dinner and he micromanages your finances and he lives life telling you how you will live and you get to with clear eyes and full hearts just obey him no if your husband is a buffoon that isn't a good leader or a good servant can you overthrow him divorce him ridicule him privately and publicly and dismiss him because he's he's not doing it right no Your ability to be a faithful wife isn't dependent upon your husband's ability to be a faithful husband. Also, husbands, this command is not to you. It's to your wife. It's not to you so that you might lord it over your wife. And I say this in every premarital counseling that I've ever engaged. Husband, if you find yourself... Reading this to your wife during an argument, if you find yourself leaving this out on the coffee table, highlighted and in a post-it note, like you've already lost, right? This this command, it's not to you. It's to your wife. Wives. Serve your husbands by taking their lead, understanding their burden. Helping for the greater good of him and you and your family and the world and the kingdom. Husbands. Husbands who are committed to follow Jesus and live out his way for the benefit of you and him and and all of creation, live this way towards your life. Cherish her. Like, I love that word. Cherish your wife. Like, I was sitting in the back as we were singing, and I'm just thinking about this, and I'm, like, crying, knowing that I just have to stand up and talk about Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) Like, cherish, like, behold your wife as your prize possession. Know her. And not just know all the things that drive you crazy and not in a good way not just know all the things that drive you nuts, but know why she does what she does. And, and I believe that there's a way that as you get to know her, then even those things that drive you nuts, God can show you what she's about if you're committed to cherishing and supporting and knowing and adoring your wife. Like more than your Star Wars collectibles, more than your truck, Adore your wife in ways that honor her and the master. Love, don't dominate, don't be short-tempered with her, don't take advantage of her, don't dictate to her, don't don't take her for granted, don't minimize her, but as Christ serves his bride, the church, all of us, this this is the responsibility that you have. Lay down your life for her. take accountability to gently lead her to grace. Model that grace. What, what Paul says in Ephesians, wash her with the word. What does that mean? I, I don't know. But it means, it means hold her by the hand and, and gently lead her to, to grace in a culture where men belittled and demanded and demeaned and, and used physical force and violence to intimidate In in Christ's design, there's not a sliver of room for that. I'll say it maybe more directly like, in the scheme of things, you're not a big deal. But you've, you've been given responsibility and accountability to build up, not to tear down. So when these two work together with an aim to serve rather than to be served, Like just just that. What if you aimed to serve rather than to be served in your marriage? Then the soil is rich for godly fruit that tells the story of God's goodness when others taste and see. In a world that demands you either be a chauvinist or a feminist, as defined by X, the app formerly known as Twitter, You don't have to let the world define your identity or your role or even give you the choices by which you have to live. But what we do get to do is we get to let this book and and the good news that holds it up, we do get to let that shape us. Children, live out his way because his way is best. Live this way towards your parents. Do what your parents tell you. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad we settled that. Whew. We're good. Kids good. Parents good. Okay. Geesh. Do what your parents tell you. And, and he goes on, he says, because this delights the Lord. Be respectful and aware that parenting is not easy. And look, I don't know what persona your parents like play to you, but but they don't have it figured out. I thought, like I remember my parents being my age and I, I, I remember looking forward and thinking like, oh, I mean, they just have it figured out. It's like money, not a problem. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> like argument whatever it is like they just have it figured out they they know how life works and, they, and then I'm my age and I'm like where was where was that at like parenting parenting is hard it it's a huge deal to be responsible for a human it's a really big deal to clothe them, to protect them, to feed them, to, to register them for, for school, uh, to buy the right car seat, to endure hardship, to buy, to buy the right formula and feed them the right things at the right time. But more than that, more than the, the here now physical, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to build them up to be good humans, to challenge them in the right ways, with the right tone, in the right timing. It's difficult to, to raise them up to contribute to society around them more than they take from it. And it's, and it's the, the biggest picture is to raise them in a way that brings glory to King Jesus with all of their life, no matter what. That's not easy. More, no, no parent can lead a child's heart to behold Jesus. That's, that's the Spirit's work, but, but we get to create every opportunity to prepare the altar of, of our children's heart to be consumed by the love of God. That's, that's not easy, and we mess up, and we miss. Children, be aware. Good parents want what's best for you. And they might not always get it right, and they might not always know how to do that. Don't make their job harder, but but make it easier by walking humbly. Like, what if, kids? Like, what if if your parents knew something that you didn't about anything in life? I, I know it's a stretch. And here's the thing. In the scheme of things... In the scheme of all creation, like any of our lives is like a millisecond of of a fruit fly's life, which isn't very long. In your parents' life, they've just by definition lived a little longer than you have. Like demonstrate some respect and just understanding that what if they were more concerned with your life than you were? What if? Could could you maybe Maybe see that what looks like nagging is, is care for you. Are all parents good parents? No. That's, that's the broken part. There, there's no cover up for abuse for parents or, or any adult demanding bad things from kids. And, and that's why he then addresses parents. 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 Parents who are committed to follow Jesus and live out his way to the, for the benefit of you and them and, and all of creation. Live this way towards your kids. Aim to find the balance of direction and discipline and correction in a way that doesn't destroy them, but that builds them up. Look, I say it that way because it's one of the hardest things that I've had to do in my life. Like, parents want to just say yes. Yes. They just want to make that moment better. It's why they're called pacifiers. Like, you just want anything that you can give them. In that moment, can I just get, I would just like to get out of the store without having the police called on me. Pacify. And you just want to do that, but you can't. Because there's, there's bigger stuff going on. So, so, so find the balance of correction and, 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 and love. And it's really hard. I heard this uh, lots of ways, but no one walks around being too encouraged. And that's probably true for your kids. I don't think that they just walk around just like, gosh, I, just, I can hardly handle all the encouragement that I get from morning till night. Like I just slay everything that I put my hand to. And I'm the best athlete and the best person. I, I nail all my lines at, at theater and, and I'm the best student and all my teachers just praise me all day long. And all my friends, gosh, they ask me what I wanna do because I'm the center of their world. No one lives that life. And that might not be the best thing for you. But my point is, no one walks around being too encouraged. And, and the heart of this like rebuke to parents is, is you get to you get to come uh, at them in ways that that build them up. And, and so he says, Don't don't let it destroy them, right? A heart bent towards serving the true master humbly serves in all of life. Gosh, what does that look like at home? That's what he's saying. What does that look like at home? The second thing, what is the way of a servant-minded, what is the way of servant-minded work? Bond servants, or maybe your translation says, slaves, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord, and we go uh, skip to uh, chapter four, verse one. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. What we might not notice, and especially reading this in our culture, is the validation that Paul gives groups who in this culture otherwise have very little validation, very little influence, Very little acknowledgement. Women, slaves and, and servants, children. And yet he speaks to them. And he says, live this way. He addresses because they, like every other created being, member of society, have equal dignity and value and responsibility to honor Christ with their lives. Spouse to spouse, parent to child, These were relationships anchored in creation from God, but society had established relationships that were certainly not of the Lord, not ordained by, not affirmed by, not ordered by the Lord, yet, just as in our culture today, God speaks to his people, not in kind of ideals of a paradise world, but in real life within the broken world that we live. And and the short of it is bondservant, and and that culture is like, the, the, the lowest class of worker that you would literally like give yourself to a master and you say, I'll work X amount of years for you as your slave or servant or bond servant so, so that I might pay off a debt, that I might have a place to stay or whatever. That, that was like the, the cultural norm. So he speaks to people in real places Colossae and in, in all of Rome had slaves or bond servants and Paul treats them with dignity and he appeals to them directly to honor Christ in their hearts, in their home, in their work and in their behavior. And if you've never read this tiny little gem in the New Testament, it's called Philemon or some people say Philemon or Philemon. It, it kind of sets this up. It's a wealthy Colossian who benefited from from labors of his bondservants. And one of those guys is named Onesimus. And, and Paul writes this letter, and, and essentially he says, work heartily, not primarily to, to, to please their earthly masters, but is, as if they were working for the Lord. And he writes this letter to Onesimus, and he says, I'm sending him back to you. Uh, he, he got away, and, and he's going back to you, and I encourage you to treat him like a brother, Right? So I encourage you, like it's just one chapter, the, the whole thing, but it kind of sets us up and it's literally in the context that Paul is writing to. And so he says, obey in everything, not to worship false gods, don't be obedient to, to harm others, to break the way of Christ, but not only to please the boss, not only to please your master when, he, when he's around, but, but work hard when your boss isn't around Right? And then suddenly we were like in a world that maybe you don't live in, and then suddenly like like the word just just like hit you in your cubicle. (laughs) That's not a metaphor. (laughs) Like like hit you in, in your cubicle. Work as if you're working for the Lord, no matter where you are, even when your boss isn't around. Maybe an appropriate example might be, suppose you were falsely imprisoned, which I think about a lot. I hear a lot of podcasts and stories of stuff. It's like heartbreaking. Suppose you were falsely imprisoned, so then the question is, should you reject the guard's instruction? Should you plan an evening escape every night? Should you start riots in the prison courtyard every day? Food fight? Should that be the posture of your heart? Or as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all people, honoring the warden and seeking proper channels, if they exist, that you might get out legitimately. Now there's probably some wisdom in all of that. But there are two examples. One we see in in the Old Testament, Joseph we read his, his whole story in like a few chapters. Dude was falsely accused and imprisoned after he was rejected by his whole family and sold, sold into slavery and lots of stuff. Something went down where he was trying to honor the Lord. He was being faithful to Jesus. He was being faithful to the Lord. And you know what he got? He got 20 years in prison. And we just read over it like it's nothing. 20 years There's another guy who spent time in prison. In fact, his name is Paul, and he's writing this letter from prison. Do you think he doesn't want to just blow the thing up? You think what he doesn't want to write here is like, uh, all this is great, but please, like, bring me a cake, and inside the cake, could you please bring me a file, and... as it relates to work or servitude, those with a master honor him. Those who are masters with authority and honor uh, uh, and, and whatever it is, honor your employees. Because, you, because you're a commanding officer in the military, that doesn't give you the right to belittle and dehumanize. Yeah, but that's the way. Yeah, but that's not, that's not really the way, that's a way. Well, how am I, sp- I, I don't know how you're supposed to. I just know that you have two people on the planet. You, you can either please everyone else or you can please the Lord. And the encouragement here is, is don't just please the boss when he's not around, but please the Lord in everything that you do. And you might say, well, this, this brings about a real challenge in my life and work. And I would say, I know. I know that. Because life is hard. And obedience is hard. But you know what? It's worth it. And that's why Paul is encouraging these brothers and sisters. And that's why the Lord himself continues to encourage you brothers and sisters, even in this room, even here today, in the same way. As, as it relates to society, ours in particular, no matter your lot, your skills, your rank, your job, if you lead, do so with the heart to serve. And if you serve, do so with a heart to leave in your serving. Reflect. Think about this. Who do you think that you're better than? And not just like, well, my rank is not that, not seniority. No, who are you like at your core identity? You're better than them. Therefore, you deserve, and they deserve, or, or maybe think about it a different way. Who do you think is better than you? Who do you think deserves, and, and you deserve? See, the work of Jesus, and we, we call that the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done, undoing the, the tangled web that that Adam and Eve uh, laid in the beginning of this book, the, the good news, it, it, it slays both those in power and those in, in, in slavery. It, it slays, it, it dignifies and it leads us to serve a heart bent towards serving the true master, humbly serves in all of life. And the third thing is this what is the way of service to the true master? Like there's probably an analogy to be made. Maybe life feels like like a game of, of Mario Brothers. And maybe you've never lived in that world, but some of you have. Some are fighting to, to beat the clock before you just die. And some are, are fighting to, to get the coin. And, and it feels like you bang your head on bricks just to get paid for it. And some of you are just getting through the day hoping for a relationship at the end of the level that would satisfy you, and, and some are trying to win rather than enjoy, and it's tough to tell the difference between a flower that, that helps and a weed that harms, and we have enemies and opposition along the way, and, 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 and every so often we have a huge boss battle at the end of, of our day, at the end of our week that, that we struggle to defeat, or we may be punching above our weight class, chasing a princess, given that we're just a small, like tiny Italian plumber with a better than average mustache. But one thing is for sure, we know best. And the best way is is to be the boss, to be the master, to write the rules, to write the script, to write the code, to write our story, and do what we feel is best. And if if Mario paves his own path through the levels or if I dictate his path with the controller, it's it's nothing compared to the love of life from the creator. We think in our culture that that individualism and and self-priority equals happiness, but it doesn't. And there's, there's data to support that. You may think that you know the way and, and, and which pipe to drop down into and, and which one to pass by in a world that prioritizes self above all. It's so easy to use every bit of authority that we have and every bit of a power dynamic that puts us out as an opportunity to tear down bricks of society and power up to prioritize ourselves, but that isn't the way. That's not how a life that's transformed by grace upon grace, builds goodness and God's glory in a flourishing society where we can actually live joyfully no matter what. So he says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ and it may not feel like it it may not feel like it in your marriage it may not feel like it in your pursuit of marriage, it may not feel like it when you get rejected for the promotion because you took the high road and the other woman in your office didn't and she received praise you received rebuke May not feel like it when you're in those situations. You may gain the world tomorrow by making this life about what you want, but, but the wisdom of Scripture says you may gain the world and forfeit your soul. Like brother and sister, that's not that's not the way. We go through life comparing to others and, and we think like, like what can I get from others rather than what can I give to others and no matter what you do, no matter who's the boss, uh, who your spouse is or isn't, what your children are like or what they're not like, what your parents are like or, or whether they're not even in your life, what your instructor or coach or captain or director is or isn't a heart bent towards serving the true master. Humbly serves in all of life. See the kind of spouse, worker, kid, prisoner, whatever that you are, it isn't hinged to how your person leads or follows, but but from a place of serving and, and not merely serving the person in front of you, but the greatest master, the greatest servant that the world has ever known. And I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but in Mark 10, like we just see the picture of it. Christ, the one who has always been, the one who holds all things together, the, ones, the, the one who, who wrote the code, the one who descended and laid down his life to give us life, This is what he says about the life that we get to live. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. What kind of king does that? He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And all of this instruction, all this practical, like, live this way, is... All of it is anchored in this, that Jesus, the greatest master with nothing to prove, came to serve in the humblest way imaginable, and he led by laying down his life to serve. And not just those that were lovely, but us who were vile. Not just those who were his friends, but us who were his enemies. Like, if that's not good news, I, I don't know what is. So so what if, with every opportunity we had, we, we not only modeled our lives this way, like, that's pure moralism, if our power to, to live that way is just to look at him and say, man, we have to do that, but we took on his identity that he gives us, that he transforms us, and he rings us out, that we might be servants being conformed to his image. What if... Because he served with all the power beyond the universe, we too step into every area of life in this broken world and we lived out our identity as servants. What if? The band can come on up. Uh, a heart bent towards serving the true master humbly serves in all of life. And one way that, that Jesus serves is is to serve as people a meal. And it's not merely bread and, and drink, but, but a meal that grants us eternal life with the servant king. And, and he opens wide the table of his life to all who would believe his body broken, his blood spilled for us. Man, we going to respond to this, and you can have questions, and we can have follow-up chats. And there's a lot more to say about all of these things. But today we get to look inside and we'll have some questions on the screen that help us reflect and repent and respond in specific ways. You can sit right where you are. You can pray. You can stand up and sing. I'm sure that this band would love to hear you sing. Maybe not. I don't know. I won't speak for them. You can pray over there at that prayer bench by yourself. You can go to that that red tree back there or, or at the end of this aisle, someone would love to pray with you. If you're in Christ, man, this table is open for you. Like we get to do this as a remembrance and as a reminder, a, a declaration of his body that was broken and his blood that was spilled. And if you're not in Christ or you're like, I, I don't know what that means, this is not for you. And the Bible's like pretty clear about that. But, but we are in Christ is, if you wanna chat about anything at all, find someone, go to the connect desk they would love to help you get connected with someone would you pray with me God thanks so much for this word and it's so rich and full would you just chisel like the rough parts of us away would you let us live out of the identity that you have given us as as servants that our life is is knit to yours and in fact for those who who by grace through faith have, have trusted you and set our mind on things above because you have raised us up with you that it's not even us who live, but it's you who live through us. Would you do that? And I know there's so much wisdom to thread in all of these things. Would you let us be a community that that can ask questions and say, what does this look like? How do I live that? Is this wise? What's pleasing to the Lord? God, would you challenge even right now husbands, wives, children, parents, those who aren't those things that, that might be, those who are those things. God, would you challenge us at, at, at the places where we, where we work and where we live and where we play? God, thank you for Jesus. Amen.